Hello, Balls of Magic. We came back, and so did you. <laughs> we're back. Yep, we're back. It's been a, it's been another long break. It's been, what, oh, 10, 10 days? days 10, we, 10, 11 days. Yeah, we had a lot of life happen. Oh, my God, did we have life happen. But we're mm-hmm. here. We're here. Who are you? I'm Alex. My pronouns are they, them. I love the way they <laughs> They, them. They, um, them. My name is Kim. My pronouns are she, her. And this is how to be queer when okay. you pretended you were straight, but we're actually thinking we're, of renaming. We are because it wasn't that you pretended to be straight. You or you just, were forced. You were forced to you were pretend condi- you were straight. You, you were, were conditioned, conditioned to be straight. Oh boy. And cisgender. <laughs> Needless to say, we are obviously branding and marketing geniuses. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, someone out there, if you have any tips for us, please. We are brought to you by. We are powered by uh, Youth Scene in Black Pride, Denver. Youth Scene in Black Pride, Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 like us. They do. So ch- ch- check them out. Blah, 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 blah. Check them out. Check um, them out. Venmo them some funds. Yeah, Youth Scene like Y O U T H. S E E N, like youth scene. Scene. We see you. Not seen in a movie, but seen with your eyeballs. Yes. We see all of you, all the intersections, all the parts of you. And then Black Pride. Black Pride Denver. Black Pride Denver, which is amazing. Yes. Which is, is all the space for our black queer brothers and sisters to experience and feel joy in this world Mm -hmm. because there are very few places that you can be black and queer and joyful so creating a space where you get to experience all those things as an individual yeah kind of a big deal totally like built on like a healing space i love it like we have no room for jibber jabber i love that word jibber jabber me too Jibber jabber, jibber jabber jibber jabber i don't know it's just there's certain words in the english language that are just fun to say Jibber jabber is one of them. Jibber jabber is one of them. There's also words in the English language that are not fun to say. Oh, like what? Like I have words I hate. Don't what? you have words you just totally dislike to say? D- do you hate the word moist? I hate the word moist. <laughs> it's creepy. Moist. My friend Sarah <laughs> from, I grew up with my friend Sarah. She would razz me so hard about the word moist and say it on purpose. Because you don't like that word either. I, yeah, I'm saying it now, but I'm like, my skin's crawling a little bit. Okay, so, but you love to bake. You're I do. And, and the amount of moisture. I know. And your it, baking is it, actually kind of a big deal. So you don't even like to use the word moist, like when it comes to like cake. Well, I think I force myself to use that word because you have to have, it's important to have a moist cake because you don't want to like See, a- you just said that and everything inside me was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, never say that again. <laughs> okay, we got to find... Spongy? Maybe? Like, I, I have to say one of the words I hate is tasty. Really? I don't like that word. Oh, well, not... Because I've used that word, like, a bunch. So you don't like that word. I do not like that word. Tasty. Oh, that was tasty? Ugh. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. That's a creepy word. Okay. Tasty is a creepy word. Yeah. So so we're going to talk about her more in this episode, but my best friend Katie. Yeah. Hi Katie. Always hated the word 
nipple. But could not stand the word nipple, and we actually called it Nepal. Oh. Like, hey, your Nepals are facing different directions in that bra. You may want to get a little padding in it. Is like, is that like when we're when we were younger and we couldn't say vagina, so we said vajayjay? I believe that would be in the same in the same vein. Okay. Which is is also like super problematic. Like, we should be able to say vagina. Yeah. Vajayjay is. People have vaginas. People have vaginas. I'm uncomfortable saying it. Now, vulva, that's a word. We're going there. We're going to go there tonight. Because even before we got into, before we get into this episode, do you remember we, what what is that show? Goop. Goop. Goop Lab. It was Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop Lab. And if you haven't heard Gwyneth Paltrow and all of her prim and proper beauty sitting in an episode being like, I'm uncomfortable with the word vagina and vulva. And I didn't, I kind of always referred to vagina as the whole thing. Yeah. And Gwyneth, God fucking bless her beautiful soul, said, no, it's not vagina. It's actually your vulva. Your vagina is only the opening. Yeah. I will and say. And the canal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. Thank I, you, I, Gwyneth. I, <laughs> I will say, I remember, I remember my mom, like in maybe fourth or fifth, third fourth or fifth grade we were doing you know like the elementary school like sex i don't even but she said the word vulva and i was like oh your mother said the word so vulva i knew that it was a vulva and a vagina was on the inside but i still had a really hard time saying that word for a while do you say vulva now i mean i do but it's still like <laughs> i mean i used to say like i've never heard you say vulva like oh my god you can t- i'm not even gonna say it I can't. I can't. Anyway, our listeners love to hear all the all the tea. So, vulva is not a word that comes up in our dirty talk. Like, not a word that comes up. No. Can you make vulva into dirty talk? This is your challenge, Alex. Can you do it? I I mean, isn't that more of like a like a? I was gonna use the words like you're laughing. She's if dear viewers, let me just. Kim is losing her shit right now. Picturing a world in where you put vulva into dirty talk. There's not. Nope. No, nothing. But then truthfully, like, does vagina come up in dirty talk? Well, you mean like, like dirty talk as in like things that you want to do to another person's body. Yeah. Everyone, you have all sorts of other words for it. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be like, I want to touch your vulva. No. You are cracking yourself up. I, I mean, you've like said to me, she's like, you know, about like, we use the word junk. Oh, yeah. I won't be all up in your junk. Yeah. We might say that to each other. Totally. We have other things we say to each other, which I don't know that our viewers need to hear. Nope. <laughs> There's that. That. Might be, that might be stepping a line. Yeah. We can keep some things for ourselves. That's I for sure. I think it's healthy to keep some things for yourself. Boundaries. Healthy boundaries, yeah. which you know we're going to have a whole episode on at some point. But but I do think, on a serious note, it's important. I, I use vulva and vagina with my children because those are the proper terms. And they're going to hear, like, the slang terms over through their, yeah. you know. So I mean, at least they know yes. what their body parts are called. I have to say, I, I'm, like, suddenly having this attack of, like, parenting where I'm like, oh, my God, did I have conversations with the 15-year-old about vulvas 
and making sure that he can identify because he identifies as straight. Can he identify all the different parts of a woman's body? Because there's outer labia, inner labia. Oh my God, you said labia? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Turn labia into some dirty talk. Oh my God. Can you do it? Um, and how is labia different than vulva? Well, is vulva really, is the whole thing. See, this is sad. I don't even know the own my. I don't even know the terminology for my own body. So, the way I understand vulva is the entire, all of the different all of the parts external, and well, like all the yeah the external part, and then the vagina is the internal piece, right? And then there's different parts like clitoris, labia, inner labia, outer labia, yeah, hood. <laughs> You There's, had a whole hand motion with that. Got to put the hood on there. It looked like almost like you were putting an umbrella on. Or you were putting a top hat on. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay. We're, this is not the topic that we showed up for no, today. No, but this is a great way to, I don't know, start the podcast. Hi. Welcome to Hi. our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. How to be queer when you pretend you were gay. Or no, you pretend you were straight. I don't know what I'm saying. We pretended when pre- you... Uh, How to be yeah. queer when you pretended you were straight. Yeah, we got to work on that. Conditioned something. Something. Super conditioned. So here's what we got coming for you guys tonight. It's a it's a Thursday night. Captain Underbite, our trusty companion, has gone to bed. He's been put in, in his crib. However, I do hear some scuffling upstairs. There is a scuffle going There's, on. And Rosie is usually... Yeah, I don't know. Rosie is is usually my trusty companion right next to me. I, I, I and, and but Captain Underbite is not with us tonight, so you won't get any weird transitions. I think I think Rosie went upstairs to see what was going on, oh, and here she comes. Then Bo was like, "Oh my gosh, you're lo- you're you're outside, and I'm inside." Bo, aka Captain Underbite, like. Listen, folks, we're thinking of you here. We're not going to have weird transitions tonight. We're, we're in it. We're here. We are also, because we are powered by Youth Scene and, and, and Black Pride Denver, mm-hmm. we are going to be coming to you every week now. Um, our we goal are. is that on Thursday nights, these episodes are going to come to you guys. And um, What's so like every Friday morning you'll wake up? Every and- Friday morning you wake up and maybe you, maybe you get your coffee. <gasps> maybe you sit outside and have your little coffee your and liquid gold. your liquid gold and you and you listen or maybe you're driving to work or you're doing whatever you're doing but we are gonna be coming to you every thursday night from now on mm-hmm. mostly because somebody's decided to sponsor us and somehow we have to abide by their rules <laughs> boring boring no, i'm just kidding because you and i do so well with that <laughs> okay no it's good i'm excited it's good we're, we're yeah. becoming way more professional mm-hmm. we still don't have an editor yeah, we have our executive producer Andrea who helps us work out all of our story ideas. Um, we did our logo. Did our logo, Dr. J, who helps us with the mental health aspects of what we're putting out there, and um, and here we are. Here we are. So last time we were with you guys, we did a marathon episode because we had a lot going on, and so. Um, Hey, I'm here. So on some level, you know I survived whatever it was that I lived through in the last eight days, which we're gonna we're gonna break down a little bit. Yeah. And Alex, you're here. I'm here. Alex and I we're had always this, here. 
we had this conversation tonight. We're going to get a little personal for you, and then we'll get into the into the meat and potatoes of our episode of, hey, I returned home, and I survived from it. But I don't know if other couples, couples together maybe listen to us, or you're one half of a couple. But Alex and I have this thing where oh. when things get tough, like life gets tough, not necessarily tough between us, but when life gets tough, we'll kind of look at each other and get a little teary, and we'll be like, here, you know, here's where I am. And, and most of the time it's one of us admitting like, I'm a fucking mess. Yeah. I'm a mess. And here's, here's why I'm a mess. And then we'll kind of look at each other sheepishly and say, I'm a mess. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Yeah. It'll also be in like a, like a, a light, I'm using air quotes, like a light moment where we're acknowledging some kind of, you know, quirky quirk about ourselves and then we look at the other person and say hey please don't leave me yeah so real life example yeah um i had a super emotional seven days yeah and came home um yesterday last night after 12 hours of traveling which was just you, you, you get it if you travel in the summer and you're flying and you know that there's thunderstorms on all different parts of the country and sometimes it can just take a really fucking long time to get to where you need to be. And I had been traveling for 12 hours with my kids and laid down at night and um, it was probably what, like 12.30 that we went to bed? I don't even know. It was late. It was almost midnight. It was almost midnight. Yeah, something like that. And... Um, Alex does this thing where they lay down at night and they, and you sleep on, if you're looking at our bed, you sleep on the right side. I sleep on the left side. Yeah. And, um, you, you typically like lift your, what is it? It would be your right right arm, your right arm. You lift your right arm and I snuggle my face into your armpit. Yeah. Like peck armpit. Peck armpit. And like that. And I usually wrap my right leg over your body mm-hmm. and we kind of really really hold on to each other yeah and some it's nights the best part of yeah it's the best part of our day sometimes yeah. yeah and um when i've had a hard day sometimes i'll like cry a little bit on your shoulder and i'll look at you and i'll be like i love you please don't leave me yeah it's um it's a ritual I guess, and it's, you know, whatever the days bring that at nighttime, that's, that's what's true. That is what is true for me. And, you know, we talk a lot about intimacy, I think, on our podcast. And what is, what is intimacy? And so some people think intimacy, and I think I thought this for a long time, that intimacy is, is actually an act. It's an act of like what your body parts are going to do with my body parts. And that's intimacy. Yeah. And as I've grown older and I've grown more vulnerable. Yeah. I've realized that intimacy for me is the ability to say, Alex, I need your armpit. Yep. And I need you to kiss me on the forehead. And I need you to put your arms around me. And I need you to tell me that no matter what happened today, you're not going to leave me. And no matter what it is, um, we gonna be okay. Yeah, I think there's a relationship between intimacy and emotional um, um, 
connection, emotional connection, maturity, like, you know, we have an intimacy with ourselves as well as like building it with each other, which takes a lot of trust and vulnerability vulnerability and time and, and yeah effort and yeah and i'm a fucking mess i need to put my face in your armpit and i need you to tell me even if it's not going to be okay that everything's going to be okay yep so you ready to get into it i am you sure yeah i am ready okay <clears throat> i'm so, mess too mm-hmm. mm, so i am fresh back from the east coast and um what angle I know what angle are we going in at I want to say you know first first off that there's listeners out there that know how to reach me in my real life right um not through the email of the podcast but like have my phone number and can text me and I got a lot of texts from them over the last couple days and thank you always feels nice to feel seen Mm -hmm. and one person in particular told me that I was a badass and I was like, am I a badass or am I a really fucking scared human being right now? <laughs> mm. And so part of me is like, two things can be true at the same time, right? Yeah. So for, for those of you catching up, I um, I had to go home for a memorial service of a human being in this world that meant um, pretty much everything to me. And they passed away in January. This was the first opportunity we had Um, as a group to come together and mourn this person it was a memorial service for 130 people had had and I think even more because I saw them rolling in tables but it was also the first time that I had traveled home um, to see the same group of 130 people who were either blood relatives or family friends or as um, as a queer person Mm -hmm. and so I've always been queer since the day that I was born. Mm -hmm. But this was the first time that they would be in a room with me where I had come out to them as a queer person. Yeah. And I was having um, a lot of anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did it. I went to this memorial to um, be in front of all of these other humans that And I don't know if this came through in the last episode or not, but when I say that it was going to be difficult, it's really hard to say this because we're talking about people that, you know, it's that ability to hold different things in your completely opposite things in your mind at the same time. Mm -hmm. So while these people are wonderful and loving and um, I just adore them in so many ways, they're also horribly homophobic people yeah and for a good portion of my life had been um openly mocking gay people in front of me yeah and I remember being not knowing um, of course not knowing of course that I was gay yeah and I remember uh having so many dinners and cocktail hours and weekends away and um holidays with with folks that would sit across a table from me and tell me why gay people shouldn't be allowed to be married. Yeah. And um, joking about how, well, you know, not that I think anything's wrong with that, or hand gestures or name calling. Um, that that was the norm of me growing up, was openly 
mocking gay people and uh, to find the courage at 40 years old to tell them, you didn't know this, but you were actually mocking me. Yeah. And now to be in the same room with them again, I knew that it was going to be hard and it was. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was not easy. Yeah. I'm just, I was um, thinking of, well, yeah, just what it was, what it was like for you. So to, to break it down for our listeners, it was, do you want to describe that? So here's what I'll describe. Yeah. On one hand, it's super uncomfortable because I went back to mourn a person and you did not come with me yeah. because I had on some level the um, recognition that had you come with me, this could have turned into something that was not about recognizing this wonderful and amazing human that had passed on, but it would, it would almost take on like a, 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 a the word circus mentality came to me like that somehow we would have been like the freak show for people to be staring and, yeah. and looking at and not actually just focused on this beautiful person in their, in their life that has ended and they've moved on to whatever life has in store for us after, after this place. So I come home and it's the streets that I grew up on and it's the, the, the people that I grew up with and I'm recognizing I have to walk into a room with these people and just figure out how to be in this room of people that inevitably know a lot about you because appropriately about you because you've come out of the closet and you've expressed who you are, but they haven't been in a room with you since then. Because mm-hmm. because of COVID, because of distance, because of whatever. And the power of presence changes everything. Yes. Yep. So, and I have no choice of whether or not I want to be there. Because right. this is an incredibly important person to me and not showing up at the memorial for them. And being very present in who they are and what their life was and what my aunt's life represented to me. It's not an option. So I'm going to be there. Yeah. So here's what happened. I um, got ready that morning with my kids who loved my aunt very much. And I wore an orange dress because my aunt loves bright colors. And... I got there early and um, I saw that the place that my cousins had picked to honor my aunt was beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. And there was a slideshow of all of the pictures and a a memory table and I held my mom's hand and my mom walked in and burst into tears and my dad was crying and I just showed up for them and my cousin was there and I showed up for, for them. And then all of the people started showing up and they looked me in the eye and they said, I'm happy to see you. And that's kind of where it stopped. And I went through the day really thinking about my aunt and the fact that my aunt was someone 
my aunt was someone really special and she was loving and she was accepting and she was also a person who had lived through great tragedy in her life she had lost um, a child she had lost a husband she had lost sisters her parents she was just a human being that experienced a lot of loss in life and she died too soon for reasons that she didn't have to and I felt her with me all day because after I had had come out when the rest of my family ignored um, that I had come out and didn't speak to me, she did. And she, some of the last conversations I had had with her um, before she died were about her just wanting me to be me and to take up space. She always celebrated you. Oh, she always celebrated me. Yeah. And she wanted me to take up space. Yeah. Now, granted, her memorial service, not the place for me to take up space. Yeah. But I did show up, and throughout the course of the day, um, I saw kind of like, you know, those relatives that kind of whisper to each other, is that, is that you know, that's, that's what's going on here, and you could kind of feel them talking about you and making eye contact and pointing, and y- y'all know what I'm talking about. And it was uncomfortable and it was really hard. And person after person after person kept coming up to us and saying, how are you? Like, so you traveled in here from far away. Um, how, you know, how's work? How, how are all these things? And no one acknowledged to me what happened, that I was gay, that I'd come out, that they have not seen me since I came out, and that I have a partner named Alex. It was um, about an hour into the day that my friend's parents, or my parents' friends, I'm sorry, my parents' friends, Deb and Tom, who are like really my parents' best friends. Tom came up to me, and this man is like 70-some, and he came up to me and he said, Kim, how's your partner? And my sister and I and my kids were next to me, and we all were like, oh! <gasps> Someone finally is asked, and I said, Tom, um, I want to first acknowledge this, and I want to thank you for asking me. It means a lot to me that you're asking. Yeah. And then he said, well, how is she doing? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, their pronouns are they, them, um, and they're doing okay. And he said, oh, my God, I knew that. I'm really sorry. How are they doing? Yeah. And I, again, I was <clears throat> like, Tom... Thank you. Yeah. They're doing okay. Yeah. That's the only time in the days that I was back there with my family that the fact that I'm gay or that I have you as a partner was acknowledged. Yeah. My kids said to me after the memorial service, Mom, everyone asked Aunt Amy about Aunt Jimmy or Uncle Jimmy. Goodness, Kim. I'm I'm upset and I'm like tongue-tied tonight. Everyone asked Aunt Amy about Uncle Jimmy all, all day. Why didn't anybody ask you about Alex? Mm hmm And I didn't have an answer for them. Yeah. 
But sometimes my kids are so fucking perceptive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pausing. I'm taking all this in because I just... For... For... Well, we can keep going because I because I think I don't want to give away some of like some of the things that you took away because I guess I was playing out if if it was different had it you know the whole story anyway let's go to so yeah. what I took away from it well wherever you want to go with it I think I was I'll, I'll just say what I was thinking like you know oh gosh you know I know what happened I know where you are with it but yeah had let's just let's just pretend for a hot second that you know this played out differently where like many people were showed up differently, but that would indicate that, that, that entire space that the, this whole system that you had grown up in had changed and and how it has not changed. No, it, it hasn't changed. Um, so we knew it. It's weird because I like listened a little bit to, um, our last podcast again uh-huh. before we were going to do this one. And I was like, so what did I predict and what did what happened? And it was pretty spot on. There was an erasure almost like we're not going to acknowledge basically what's happened. What, what Kim has said that Kim is, that Kim is gay, that Kim has a partner, Alex, like we're just not going to acknowledge any of it. And, um, I stood in the room and took it basically. Mm-hmm. I just took it. And so I came home. Um, it's been a couple of days since the memorial. And really, I did uh, as uncomfortable as it was to only have one person recognize who you are. Thank you, Tom. But to only have one person recognize who you are, it, it was bizarre. I don't have another word for it. But I also, it wasn't about me. Yeah. It was about mourning my aunt um, and just getting through the day. But at the same time, like, this is, this is what the queer experience is, is that you have to do multiple things at the same time. Uh-huh. So I have to mourn my aunt and not be seen by all the other people in the room. Or when I am seen, it's seen for not good reasons right yeah so I uh, put front and center my grief and I mourned my aunt so now I come home right well I had a very healing experience after that right because I went to Katie's house and so for for those of you who may not know who Katie is Katie has been my bestest friend in this world since I think I was 16 years old yeah you guys have y'all been through a lot together we've been through a lot together um katie listens to this podcast and katie's pretty amazing and so katie also i didn't even give it to you yet and she's gonna kill me that when she listens to this podcast and she realizes that i'm she has a present for you oh okay and i unpacked it this morning and i didn't give it to you and i promised her i was was it it cookies no it was more than the cookies. oh okay um, it's, it's a, it's a stone oh. that you hold in your hands. Um, and it, and anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a future Ooh, episode. Okay. But I, I knew you were going to love it. I know. Anyway. And it's rainbow. <gasps> okay. Yeah. I know you love all shit and his chakras. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> All the body energies. All the body energies for you. So, um, and where was I going with this? What kind of day you have in date? Purple. <laughs> where um, was I going with this? Um, well, the, your takeaways and Katie. Oh, my takeaway. Oh, so anyway, so I leave, leave the place that I grew up in Pennsylvania and go and meet best friend Katie. And Katie's amazing and wonderful. And every time I'm with Katie, I just, we just pick up wherever we left off. Yeah. Right. It's one of those friendships yeah. that you could go like a couple of weeks without talking to each other. And Katie's always good at being like, um, hi, I'm going to just like keep poking you until you respond to me yeah. because you're deep in your feelings and you're not responding to me and that's not okay. Um, but it, it, what's weird to me is that I had this realization that when I came out, to my parents and to um, Katie and a, a, a kind of a select group of people that have known me my whole life. And when I came out to them, I said to them and I said to myself, there are people connected to us that I will never be in the same room with again. And I meant that as my parents, friends, my extended family, even like Katie's husband and my friend Tina, who, who also listens to this podcast, who's a wonderful human being, even her husband, mm -hmm. because I was so scared of just being with people. Yeah. And I, I had said to them, I'll never be around your husbands. I'll never be around my extended family. Well, ha ha ha. Didn't the universe have other plans for me that I was going to have to do it? I think what, what, you know, is it like we talked, we talked about the vulnerability hangover where you like, you come out and then you, you know, like you let everyone know and then you have to pull back in really fast because it's, it's so much emotion. You either just, you have to like retreat or protect or protect yourself. But it just, I just had this a concept. I wonder if it kind of, you know, with people that either are far away geographically, that vulnerability hangover suspends. It doesn't go away. Well, and I think my until not so yeah. much with with like with Katie and Tina and their and their husbands, but with some of my extended family, the vulnerability bubble was really self protection. Yeah, because had I experienced two years ago when I first came out, what I experienced this past weekend, I would have slammed myself back in a closet. I would have said, "Hell no." I can't do this, but I have two years under my belt of being out where I could stand in a room and say, okay, none of y'all going to acknowledge this. It's like, I'm the emperor and I'm walking around with no clothes on and nobody wants to be like, that woman's got no clothes on. What is wrong with her? <laughs> um, I, it took me, and I guess, why do we do this podcast? We do this podcast for people that are trying to come out. Mm -hmm. um, or people that are trying to be allies for those that do come out. I could not have stood in that room a second earlier than I did. So my takeaway from it, well, God, I came home elated, didn't I? Well, yeah, you were, you were feeling... Um you know, not to put words in your mouth, but you were, and rightfully so, anxious and nervous and sad. Before I went. Before you went, yeah. You know, the unknown. And then you stepped into it, and you were at the power of presence. And 
it's transformative and you changed them by just being there even though for you I imagine it doesn't really feel that way no it doesn't it doesn't feel like I changed them at all what it what it felt like was these people are very aware of the fact that I'm queer yeah and they're saying hello to me felt like a victory for them that they were mm-hmm. like look at how tolerant I am that I actually let this person be in my presence yeah versus I'm going to actually acknowledge who they are and what their life is so on one hand I'm like well they didn't kick me out mm-hmm. I wasn't barred from entering the space I wasn't openly pointed and laughed at none of that happens but would that I, I, I just I have I, the, the memories in my head of what was it I was telling you this earlier today that like it was very common for me to show up at family events and dinners where gay rights would be a topic at the dinner table because my family is very um, they love to debate yeah. love to debate politics um, and it was a very open conversation at our dinner table with with family and family friends that gay people should not be given the right to get married mm-hmm. and um repeatedly having that argument where i would say no i think actually gay people should have the rights as everyone else and the rest of my family telling me how crazy and wrong that was yeah that this was a choice that gay people make and that because they were making that choice so what if they didn't have the same rights as everyone else so now, you know, and obviously they're saying this to me and we're having this argument and they don't actually realize that they're having this argument with an actual gay person. Mm-hmm. But it allowed me, because they didn't know, I got that inside look mm-hmm. to how anti-gayness or, or, or anti-trans or any anti-anything, how it actually looks. Yeah, and how... I mean, how really ignorant when you're, when you're in a, with people that, because no one, no one thought, oh, being gay is just who a person is, who a person is. So of course, no one in my family could possibly be gay because of, you know, these things or whatever. So they all spent decades with me, not knowing that I was queer telling me how wrong queerness was yeah so there's a lot of elephants in that room yeah you said you said it a couple times you know that you kind of you know we can get basically manipulated queer people into well gosh you're so flamboyant what you mean like you know you're so why you gotta put it out there like why i put it out there like that but yes your queerness ends up taking a lot up a lot of space because it's like it's one sliver of who you are but also because being queer is like one of the kind of the one of the first things that i will describe myself that it's just one part but it takes up so much space because it's never acknowledged yes that was kind of what i had said to yeah. you was that i actually understand on a much deeper level now why people go so over the top and their flamboyantness. Yeah. 
and it is a little bit of oh you don't see me I'm I'm going to make sure you fucking see me. I'm going to wave my rainbow flag in your face. And so you can see me for sure. You could see me from space, from space, my fan. Yeah. So, so how was this healing? Well, here's how it was healing. I now know that there's probably very few rooms in this world that I can't stand in and just be me. (laughs) Right. What a powerful feeling. And that is a fucking powerful feeling. Yep. And so I, you and I have talked about this, I guess, and there's, I don't, I think this is so beyond being queer. Yeah. But we've come through a horrific time in this world's history Mm -hmm. of suffering and unimaginable loss and coping and isolation and I think for the past two years, I have felt like I'm not living. I'm surviving. Yeah. That's what coming out to me felt like. It didn't feel like living. In a lot of ways, it felt like I have to survive. Because if I don't come out, I'm going to die and nobody is going to know who I am. And so I took that step to, to just be myself. And in a world that is so ready to shut it down, that's so ready to either shut it down from not willing to see it because of their own uncomfortableness with it, or not see it because they recognize their own participation with making me feel shame. And somehow I stood in a room with 130 of those people and I put my head up high and I said, there's nothing you can do that's going to make me deny who I am ever again. I will never betray myself like that again. Yeah. And I survived it. And so I came home and I looked at you and I said, I'm done surviving. I just want to live. I want to live. I just want to start living. It was like you gave yourself permission? I think so. I just want to live. Yeah. And so it was why it took me having to go home to the place and to the people that were so, um, and still are determined to just deny my very existence Mm -hmm. and to look them in the face and not bow my head. Yeah. What's living look like now? And it's so, I mean, I'm crying as I say this to you because it's so hard to acknowledge the pain that's there. But at the same time, I'm like, what an opportunity. And I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that I'm here. So if someone out there is listening and 
And we're going to get to some of, we do have some viewer listener feedback of another human being that came out later. What a gift to live. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I get to just this last half of my life. There's nothing that anyone could do to me to ever make me deny who I am as a human being ever again. Ever again. Yeah. So that's where. So I don't know. Does like life start? Does life start again now? Oh, life start again. I don't know how to even put it into words because, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm here. I'm Whatever queer. it is, I want to do it with you. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So um, to our listeners who have been so incredibly supportive and wonderful. You know what popped up? <laughs> That living, you know, we've talked about joy before. Yeah. But maybe this the, the concept of joy means something different now. Because joy, allowing yourself to feel joy, is being vulnerable. And so you've you've shifted, you've had this experience that has kind of like, it sounds like, you know, changed your perception on what it means to live. You've always been a joyful person, yeah. but you—it's like it's deepened your sense of of jo- of joy and life being alive. Not many people get to say that. No, I mean I feel alive. Yeah, like, there's no doubt that I feel. Yeah, I feel alive in ways that I never felt before. But there's, and again, like I don't know how much this is to just to what the experience is of it is of being queer and coming out later or if this is just this is just the experience of living that all of us in some way are just trying to be as true to ourselves as we are and that all of us have rooms that we have to walk into where you are going to have people that are determined not to see you mm-hmm. and is oh yeah is sure. living walking into those rooms and saying, no, I'm not going to play to what you think I am or what you want me to be, no matter mm-hmm. how uncomfortable it makes you. Yep. I am going to be here and authentically be me. Now, while I feel that people that are queer experience that on a level that seems more obvious um, or is it maybe is more difficult? I don't know. I think all of us as human beings experience that in one way or another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That we are all striving to just be. Mm-hmm. But in some way or another, you've got an audience that's around you that's like, oh, I'm determined for you not to be. Expectations from parents, grandparents, um, spouses, children. You know, all of us are faced with that I have a version of you in my head of what I want you to be. And you're not that version. And you're not that version. Yeah. Now, granted, as, 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 a, as a lesbian, I experience that on one level. You experience that on a whole other level being a transgender individual. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and what you were saying a mi- just a minute ago, it, what I was thinking, what, as I was listening, what popped up was like um, this sense of being that that it takes so much work to just be and then, you know, but is it in then our own discomfort that we still, it's just how our brains are wired where we still, well, you're not where I am. And, and then that my brain's just going all over the place and then like, you know, complete lack of awareness and it's when you just like, like you're kind of what you're saying, like, yeah, you, this is, this is where I'm at and this is, this is who I am and I'm just going to keep walking my path and. Well, I go to what Dr. J said to us and said, and said to you, and this was really on your, your journey of acknowledging that you are a transgender person. Yeah. And it was, who were you as a child before the world told you not to be? Little Alex is like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm here. <laughs> fuck yeah, bitches. We're still here, motherfuckers. We're still here, motherfuckers. That was my experience. Was standing in a room being like, y'all are whispering. No one wants to acknowledge what's going on. None of y'all have the courage to even say the words to me. How's your partner? One person out of 130 people yeah. had the courage to say, how's your partner? One. And it was a moment of extreme sorrow. Okay. Yeah. Man, this is the world that I lived in that has constantly been telling me not to be who I am. And I'm still fucking here. And I'm still fucking queer as fuck. (laughs) And I'm still fucking here. And there is no fucking way I'm going to be anything else. Mm hmm. So, what? I mean, I'm like sitting here a little bit a couple days afterwards in disbelief like, well, shit, fuck damn, what happens now? When you, when you go back into the room connected to who you were as a child before the world beat out of you what, you're, what, what and who you are and you get to come back into that space is like, fuck yeah, I'm still here. What does the world look like for you after? I, not that I have the answer, but I, I just thought, well, gosh, this is when the momentum picks up. Right. And and it like, and then when you have two people together, both in like, yep, I'm fucking here. What else you got? I'm still here. What else you got? What else you got, fuckers? Like, bring it on. I'm strong as fuck and I'm resilient because of all this shit. And because I know who I am, you know, all the layers, I think together, sometimes I'm like, watch out in a great way. In a great way. In a great way of, I, we do things like this. Yeah. Where, listen, I, I hope you are out there hearing us that if you are going through this, that you hear me say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still here and I'm still fucking queer. I had someone on, on my TikTok page. Um, I, I, it's, it, it's strange. I broke like 10,000 followers on the on my TikTok page. Alex. I know it's kind of cool. And and but I love 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 the community and it so much healing and that, you know, in other 
cishet people comment how much they're learning, but then um, bringing this back to there was a, uh, a person who said, I'm, I'm trans and, and I, I came out and I'm, I'm gay and I'm still trying, I don't, I don't have any, I'm waiting for my joy to come. And I was like, oh, oh God. And I just said, I just wrote back, I'm like, you're, you're loved as you are right now in this moment. If that's where you're at, don't forget that you're loved as you are. Yeah. So, um, wow. Was the, I don't know. Just but I, grateful. But to that point though, I know we have, we, we've got an audience out there that listens to us, not necessarily because they're queer. Although I know we have, and we're going to, we're, we're going to get to it, but I know that we have folks that listen to us that are going through the same thing that, that we were on some level. You, you getting the words for non-binary at 40 years old, me finally having the courage to, to step out of a very homophobic upbringing to say, here, I'm queer. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. What does life look like? Mm-hmm. I know we also have a lot of people that listen to us that are like, well, shit, fuck damn, I want to do better. I, I may not be queer, but I certainly want to stand with my queer brothers and sisters and be a really good ally. Yeah. So... If they're going to take like one thing from this, how do you, you know, as an ally, just fucking see someone mm-hmm. and acknowledge, I see you. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have to fix anything for you. I don't have to come in with any perfect language. Be, be fucking like Tom at that party of 130 people that walks up and says, how's your partner? Mm-hmm. How are they doing? Once again, acknowledgement. That's all you got to do. That's all you fucking have to do and it's not hard. No. Yeah. It's not. So post-memorial. I now know there are very few places. Post-memorial light. Post memorial life, like where where is some place now that I could not step in and be queer? Obviously, there's safety issues that I always think of. Yeah, but aside from those, talk about being I'm fucking here and I'm fucking queer, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Takes on a whole new takes on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. So my question is, and this is not a question to be answered right now. Okay. How does one go from surviving to living? Because before that memorial service, I would safely put myself in surviving. And how am I going from there to living? What do you want to do? You decide. I don't know. Can we start with blueberry pancakes tomorrow? That sounds amazing. (laughs) All right. Well, as we close out this hour, you want to share some viewer mail? Oh yeah. Um, yes, we got an email from Corey. Corey in Hi, Albuquerque. Corey. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I love that word. That's. But I was gonna say that's a word that I like to say too. So he says, "Hi, my name is Corey from Albuquerque, and I just I'm gonna leave your last name out. I just wanted to say that I love your podcast so much. I also came out 
later in life into 2016 when I was 36 so it's comforting to not only know that I am not the only one but to also hear someone else that did this that, that did share stories as a gay male I know I can and need to be a better ally to everyone that represents the rest of the LGBTQA so I appreciate your podcast for the insight you bring from another perspective and for educating me further I'm really happy you both had that rainy day in Santa Fe well, rainy, rainy, drunk rainy, day in Santa Fe. Rainy, drunkard, drunky Smurf with a bottle of wine in a bed day. Or two or bottles two. of wine. <laughs> anyway. I have known my whole life I was gay, even when I was too young to really know what it was called. Here, here, Corey. I always knew that I was... Can we pause for one second? So, pause for a second when he says, I always knew that I was gay. Right, I was reading something today about you absolutely, and just like a reminder for viewers out there, yeah. you absolutely can know that you are gay before you have ever had any other encounter with another human being. Yeah, because gay is like a state of being. Yes. It's not who you sleep it's with. It's not who you sleep with or the experiences that you've had. So when people are like, I've always known I was gay, mm-hmm. that you don't have to have an experience, a physical experience with another person to know that you're gay and you know you're different from a very very young age because most of the time you grow up in a well our our world is so well our world is what it is and so you get messages right away even however affirming the household is you will get bombarded with messages that that the way you are there's something quote-unquote off Yes. And it's not that you're off. You're not weird or bad or you're 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 telling yourself you're different because and you can know you're gay yeah. before you have ever kissed any other individual, held hands, touched, brushed shoulders in a subway, mm-hmm. you can still know you're gay. Mhm. My childhood makes a lot more sense now. Oh, sweetie. I know. Okay, back to Corey. <laughs> I just wanted to make that known. I'm glad you said that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that Corey, keep going. <laughs> um, okay. So I always knew it was different, but I was too afraid of telling anyone the truth because I knew my father especially would not take it well at all. When I was about 12 or so, I remember he told me he would disown me if I was gay after a gay man had hit on him at a grocery store. Oh, dad. Right. That stuck with me for most of my life, and when he finally asked me when I was around 22, I still could not tell him. That was my chance, but I could not do it. Flash forward to when I came out at 36, I had—I never had the opportunity to, to talk to him about it because he passed away two years earlier. I'm sorry. It's so sad to lose a, lose a parent. Yeah. Um, that is one my that is my one regret since I have come out because I began to understand that he loved his children and he still would have accepted me no matter what he said when I was younger. My younger sister is also gay, but she came out much earlier in her life and he accepted her and still loved her after she did. So gosh, this like, you know, the things that we tell ourselves even though we know we know we'll be accepted, but it doesn't change how it feels. Well, it sounds like for for Corey that this impression of how his father reacted to being hit on yeah. really shaped the way he felt. About, I mean, like, talk about homophobia right. and that I, was displayed in front of him. Yeah, and I wonder if had 
his dad said, you know what? I reacted totally wrong and took accountability for yeah. his reaction. Or in that moment, if dad was just like, when he got hit on to be like, Hey, I'm flattered, but no thanks. It's not, you know, yeah. I, this is, this is what I'm interested in over here. If a gay person asks you out on a date, you can say no. Absolutely. And like, listen if a gay person asks me on a date I'm like I, I'm I, I'm with my soulmate and 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 all all the things but if gay if anybody asks you out on a date well yeah I was I was saying that to be funny because yeah well you are funny about like gay marriage well if a gay person asks you to marry them you, you can, can say, say no, no. <laughs> doesn't actually impact you does not mean you need to make a yeah. big deal out of this. Yeah. What was the person that went to the gay bar and was like, oh my God, and nobody hit on me. Oh, Amber. Oh, I love how you just drop her we're just name. Gonna drop, we're just going to drop her name. I don't understand. I went to this gay bar and like nobody hit on me. Right. Because you think because you're in a gay bar that we're all about, you know, we're sex crazed assholes that someone's going to attack you in the bathroom. Right. She was really offended that nobody hit on her in a gay bar. I was just straight up. I'm like, well, were you carrying a purse? (laughs) Her purse was as big as her. And I'm like, if there is ever a calling card for you're so not gay, it's a woman that carries a purse as big as her in a gay bar. I'm like, you're not gay. Like it's right. Mm -hmm. Am I crazy for thinking that? I think she was mad that the, the gay we we you know you 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 know that we're gonna pick up on and that that she she's was, not gay yeah and so therefore she took it personal and got mad and therefore hurt other people because of that instead of uh it's fucked yeah she's fucking gross gross yeah go okay. away amber anyway back to Corey. back to Corey. don't be an amber <laughs> don't that's be your, an amber that's your lesson allies <laughs> Don't walk into queer spaces and then get upset when you haven't been hit on because, hi, you're totally showing your fucking ignorance and bias. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Corey. Yep. And then mm-hmm. when I called her out on it, she got even more mad. Oh, boy. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> going to just keep my mouth Story. shut. Story for another day. Story Balls for another day. magic. <laughs> I will fuck some shit up. Okay. You don't want to see Alex mad. <laughs> Very rarely happens when it happens. Duck and cover. There's lots of, yeah, <laughs> duck and cover. <laughs> okay, Corey, back to Corey. I have been actively trying to figure, I'm sorry, I have active, actively trying to come out. I had been, wow. I'd actively been trying to come out of the closet since, since 2011, but could not find the courage to do it. I was out with my close friends, but not at work or with my family. That changed after the Pulse tragedy in Orlando on June 12th. 2016 I knew I could not stand in solidarity with my community that was experiencing so much shared pain unless I was out of the closet and proud to be so I finally did it later later that month I still could not do it in person and with most people so I just did it with through a Facebook post five years later I can honestly say that the best it is the best thing that I've ever done for myself it has allowed me to really work on my mental health and finally to finally love me for truly being me, which led me to work on my physical health and lose 95 pounds in the last two years. Damn, Corey. Mm-hmm. This, Something tells me, though, that like even with 95 extra pounds, joy shines through. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So regardless of what weight you had on you, Corey, I bet you were hot as fuck. 
Mm-hmm. Keep going. This is the first time in my life I've truly been happy, and I can say I am much more comfortable with who I am than ever than ever before. I still have a lot of work to do on myself. Don't we all? It's okay. And to be a better ally overall. Thank you for taking the time to read my story, and thank you both for sharing your stories with us listeners. We love you, Corey. If you decide to share my story, you can use my name. Okay. Hi, all Corey. Thanks. Sincerely, Corey. Yes. I I love Corey's story. I, I like pulled in my breath when I opened up my email and I was opened up the email. I'm like, oh, what a great story for us to share. Yeah. So Corey, I just want to give you a little more context. When, when I opened the email, I actually was lost for words because my eyes were tearing up and I wanted to, I wanted to just express, um, you know, thank you for sharing your story with us. And I was like, I have, forward this to Kim and so I I love um happy you're happy I'm happy I'm Corey I'm happy you're happy too and yeah coming out in life is coming out later in life is definitely different because people have just you know they they like we all do you you know people for a certain amount of time you formulate a version in your mind in your head of who that person is Mm -hmm. and then it gets shook when this person tells you and so how as an as an ally do we just accept people for when they tell us who they are just believe them regardless of how old they are 35 45 i don't fucking care if it's 95 Mm -hmm. that person knows who they are better than you ever will i yeah i think it's really really hard you know, especially when kids tell adults who they are, whatever, you know, we'll stick to the queer thing in, 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 in a queer kid tells their parent or an adult that, and, you know, like just going back to the idea of authenticity that, that especially kids who are very in tune with who they are and then as I feel like you know as we get older we kind of lose that sense and eventually we come back to either we come back to a sense of self or we don't but um but the reaction usually is because that adult doesn't know who they are they cause the kid to then question who they are who they are and it's just so like you know, could the, could the kid, or you know, does it has it uh, has it happened that the kids, you know, just be like, you know, no, this is this is who I am. This is who I am, and this is not. But they don't have the language, and they, you know, they don't want to disappoint their parent or the adult, and then. Um, I realize I'm kind of going down this, you know, place, but just, gosh, like if we just worked on ourselves, you know, all of us, and and that when someone tells you a truth, you don't get to say no. You, right. You just have to be like, thank you for telling me who you are. Who you are. This is a gift, and that is the only answer that is right. Well, and I remember you and I had this conversation before, and maybe we've put it on this podcast, maybe we haven't, but that. Even if your child is young and says, this is who I am, Mm -hmm. 
your child's allowed to change their mind Mm -hmm. because they are telling you the truth as as they know it in that moment. Mm -hmm. And your only job is to witness that and accept it. Mm -hmm. That if I was to tell you who I was at seven years old, it might not be that far off from who I am today. I know that now, Mm -hmm. right? I know that the way that I felt in my skin, that I felt in my body, that who I was probably around that age is actually really close to who I am now. Now, of course, there's different layers of complexity on that with um, all the different things I get to do as an adult that I would never even have occurred to me to do as my seven or eight-year-old self. But fundamentally, at an early age, I did know who I was. Yeah. But I spent a long time having the world beat it out of me. Yeah, absolutely. So parents, if you're listening, if your child at seven or eight years old starts telling you who they are, believe them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Who cares if it changes? Yeah. Who that's, cares? That's love because you're meeting them where they're, where they're at. Who cares if at 15 years old they're like, yeah, I don't really feel that way anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm lo- happy you're here. Yeah. That's, I think, the thing as parents that we can get um, so tripped up on is that we, ha- we, we have our child tell us who they are and we immediately jump to who they're going to be, what this is going to mean when they're older. How do I have to qualify it, quantify it, which is really wrapped up in our own fears. Yeah. What does it look like to just accept somebody when they tell you who they are? No questions. Yeah. I mean, this is what the books, conscious, conscious family and awakened. The awakened family, the awakened family and conscious parenting is all about like you, your kids be, in their truth, in their authenticity, in their youngness will, will mirror back to you where you need to heal. And if you don't have, it's, there's going to be consequences no matter what, you know, either you, you look at that, you look at them and see yourself and be like, Oh gosh. So obviously a million possibilities it could go. You just hope that it goes, you want to, to go well for the kids. <laughs> I, I would like all things to go well for my kids. Well, yeah. All right. How you feeling there? Good. I had more thoughts, but we, we, we can, uh, we've been directed to come to you guys every week. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll hear more next week. You hear more next week. So a little teaser alert. What's coming next week. Mm-hmm. We are, you've had an experience with T-Mobile we got to break that shit down. Yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be an episode of, hey, workforce, this is why you need to train your workforce to be gender inclusive. (laughs) Yep. It was pretty bad. So we're going to break that down um, in our next episode. And I feel like I've taken up a shit ton of space the last two episodes of here. But I had a big big life moment happening yeah take it oh i did i totally took it and now i'm in my vulnerability bubble of i'm You're of in the total discomfort hangover. i am it's I'm okay having a vulnerability hangover it's okay i'm gonna hold your hair back it's fine <laughs> i got you i got you baby. i got you too i think i'm ready for an armpit okay how do you feel good. about that i feel i feel perfectly perfect about that Corey, thank you for the email send us um other folks out there i know we've got some more um, but Corey's just spoke to us, so 
Mm-hmm. Other folks, send us your story. How to be queer podcast at gmail.com. How to be queer podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. We also, I also created, you can find us at, at balls of magic on Instagram. I didn't know we had an Instagram page. We do. Connected Shit. to Facebook. The book of faces. Am I an administrator on these? You are. You so are does the that CEO. Mean that, does that mean, why am I the CEO? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just okay. saying. I'm just Can I add letters. pictures of us on these? Absolutely. Well, shit, fuck damn, I'm going to do that. Balls of Magic on Facebook as well. I'm on it. Okay, and so, so the, okay, you told the people to do all the things? Yep. Okay. Handles, emails. <laughs> we love you, Balls of Magic. We will see you next, we'll hear you, talk to you. We'll meet you in the realm of being next week. Love y'all. Love See you. See you soon.